0: listen up gotham this is batman tune into the bat fanatic podcast with sammy warm hands and if
1: you don't i'll be coming for you hey everybody it's the dark knight of rap sammy warm hands and this is the bat fanatic podcast as always i am joined by my co-hosts ben and evan Gotta shout out our longtime sponsor, Radar Toys, right here in Eugene, Oregon. You can shop RadarToys.com and get free shipping in the U.S. Also save 10% using the code BATFANPOD. Now this week, we are back to comics, as we often do. We switch from film to comics and back and forth. This one is pre-New 52. The man himself, Scott Snyder, in a collaboration with Jock, and francesco Francavilla. this is a really creepy personal story with dick grayson as batman this is the black mirror
2: <laughs> ben everything you say is so hilarious oh yeah sam shut up your word mouse
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's ev is a little bit hotter than ben
2: well, nobody's gonna dispute that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Volume wise,
2: <Uh-oh. laughs> me and Ben are like picking at you a little bit. All I can think is like, <laughs> like you love talking to the people online so much more because the people that you actually interact with the podcast aren't even as nice to you as yeah. those people are. Well, yeah, You're that's like God like hey, for these online. collector people. <laughs>
1: yeah, when we were talking about the, like the Frank Miller signing the other day and I was like man I (laughs) I thought you guys would be stoked about like wow what an opportunity like this is fucking stupid it's a waste of money don't do it (laughs) I was like what are you my parents (laughs) Jesus
0: I mean I understand the allure of autographs I personally don't care for them I think they're overpriced because my thought is you could get like a very big Frank Miller poster or something probably couldn't be art because that would be expensive but like a really cool Frank Miller print for the same money that was gigantic and cool, rather than just like a little don't talk to me, I'm Michael Keaton sketch. <laughs> <laughs> goes on the wall.
1: Don't you shit on my Michael Keaton trip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I mean, that's like a perfect example of what those things are to me. Like, yeah. I, I think know that's, I can't sign your name. That's what
2: trips me out is that you don't really know what you're signing up for, versus if like Murphy draws a page and then he puts it online and you know what you're buying, then like dope this is you know what it is. i, this I is want this one it is. exactly i want this one specifically and i'm seeing it and i picked it for a reason and and especially with miller i would just be like so afraid of what <laughs> i might get out of that transaction
1: which is reasonable like
2: nope that's what he's like if you wanted something better you'd actually have to pay two grand yeah that gets you like a miller turd with a signature
1: well it's funny because if you look at finished pieces that are for sale that, you know, they're like $20,000 and shit. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, You're going to get the doodle, you know? Yeah. But for me, it's not, not to go on this too much because we have a lot of content today, but for me, it's no different than like in music. Like, I remember when we did Curse of the White Knight, and you're like, wow, how cool it is that Sean Murphy grew up on Dark Knight Returns, and now he gets to work with Klaus on this project. You're like, I wonder what that would be like. I'm like, man, my last decade has been doing that on repeat with people I grew up listening to in high school and got to open for, and now they got verses on my records and shit. Like, that is really exciting to me, but at the same time you sort of don't know what you're going to get, but it's also like an original customized thing for you. And so uh-huh. that shit's really exciting to me just as a fan, as a creator. That's what I'm interested in.
0: I want the best thing, not the most original thing.
1: Nah, see, I, I want that that little uh, connection, you know, because for me it's all about like the actual artist, you know. That's just that's I, who I am. I you this
0: apple for you. There's no apple like it
1: well yeah but you didn't make it is what i'm saying like it's different uh but you know that's me so we're gonna get into the black mirror which i'm not sure why this is called batman the black mirror when it was just uh detective comics i guess they thought this would sell better but it was written by scott snyder illustrated by jock and francesco Francavilla. help me out
2: Via, I think. Okay, yeah, it's probably via two L's makes a Y sound in Spanish.
1: No shit, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> colored by David Barone. <laughs> Should I, if I'm going all in on the pronunciations, I'll say David Barone, even though it looks like Baron. And sure. Francesco colors his own stuff. Lettered by Jared K. Fletcher and Sal Cipriano. This comes just prior to the new 52. Reboot stuff where Snyder went from detective to the main title. They mention Batman Incorporated, they mention Final Crisis. This also appears to me because I didn't read those, but I did read Grant Morrison's RIP. Seems like it kind of comes after that. I did not realize this was not a Bruce Wayne Batman story until I started reading it and I was like, oh, really?
2: When you were just saying something about, like, ah, oh, it's not a Batman story, it made me think of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, Yeah, and it's colon title, Yeah, and I was just thinking, like, what if this book was actually called, like, Dick Grayson, colon, former
0: Robin, colon, Batman, colon, <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> colon, Batman cosplay.
1: It just <laughs> should, just should uh, have been under detective, that's all I'm saying.
2: I was kind of tripped out, like, immediately sort of thankful for the little blurb to tell me where this existed in this timeline. But also as soon as they hit me with it, I felt like turned out it wasn't really that relevant and it didn't really matter to me, but I felt like I was, in over my head already Yeah, I haven't read any of this other stuff right. I, I don't know what I'm getting
1: into well and that's exactly why they start over with New 52 that's why they start over with Rebirth is because so many people including myself feel like alright I'm gonna pick this up and it's like Batman is dead blah 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 you're like whoa <laughs> I don't what You want me to no refunds? Yeah, (laughs) like you want me to start here and then you know it's got all these annotations of like editors' notes, like oh, it's C issues seven sixty five. I'm like, bitch, I just I just want to read a story. No,
0: I think a lot of that is just a concession to being part of a running story, running issues. Yeah, because I think this would still be really cool and stand on its own if it just started out without any of that. Maybe you had a little bit of Dick Grayson inner monologue of like, ever since Batman has been gone and I've had to take up the mantle, whatever, and like no explanation or anything. just
1: Well, and they throw do, you in. they do in the scene with Alfred in the beginning and stuff. I mean, they they lay it all out there for you, so.
0: But I think it would be better with less. Ah. Like, you know, respect the reader. We, we can make up whatever story we need in our head <laughs> to go, that's why he's Batman now. Okay, whatever.
1: They're coming right for the water mains. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if it wasn't connected, then
2: they could just. Uh, That's the universe that we're in right now. Batman is gone. Dick is Batman. Proceed.
1: Oh, I should mention this before we get really into the story. It's our 30th episode, so that's cool.
0: Shoot, dang! That's only five years older than me, so, yeah. That's a
2: milestone. That's a
1: number. I can't
2: believe we've talked to each other
0: for this long.
1: Yeah, it's really insufferable, isn't it?
0: (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, that's like just talking about Batman, that's like 10 to 15 days worth of talking to each other about Batman. <laughs> yeah, Test tests the limits of human tolerance. <laughs> it's
2: an incredible experiment.
1: Alright, so the story opens with a, a young kid infected with the same mutagen that transformed Waylon Jones into Killer Croc. This is uh, a story that features elements of characters who are not in it. We have a little bit of crock. We have a little bit of hatter kind of circles around without necessarily having to do scenes with them and burden the story with just like cameo, cameo, check this out. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that's just rooted in Gotham shit, which I like. Gordon finally asked Dick to use the new Wayne Industries lab, fearing that this mutagen may have come from police evidence. Therefore, it would not be safe.
0: I do think that the whole Wayne crime lab built for the GCPD is kind of funny because I don't know if it existed a few like stories before this, or if this was the introduction of it. Cause it's also closed by the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a running theme in the story that like the police don't want to use it. Yeah. So Gordon's the only one who does, but it is kind of a weird, we'll write it in and we'll see if we like it. And then if we don't like it by the end, we'll just pretend like it never happened and,
1: Well, you said that Uh, about Three Jokers, too, where it's like, oh, well, uh, the Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon thing, if we just end it like this, then no one else is burdened with our choices here, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we just undo everything.
2: I I think that they made a mistake by bringing that hot, dead orca into the (laughs) lab. (laughs) It probably wasn't being used anyways, and then after they did that, like, Lord knows how they did it anyways, and then... They like couldn't get the stink out, so they just decided to shut it down.
0: how they got it up to the 60th floor of the Wayne Tower.
2: Yeah. Like, an awesome day behind the scenes in Gotham was the Batwing <laughs> hauling a massive
3: <laughs> fish up into a skyscraper. You know, and this is just another tangent that will make the whole thing
1: longer, but I did want to mention something about Three Jokers. Spoiler alert. Only because it was so important, and I was thinking about it like a week later.
0: The ending that I said That I thought was okay Or the reveal that like The police knew that his wife Was in trouble being with him So they shipped him away It didn't bother me that much then But now it kind of I see how that undermines The original story more Yeah Because the whole idea Of the original story is that He's not bad He's just maybe about to Make some bad choices He's made some bad choices Mm -hmm. And then something terrible happens And that makes him that way We're having it be like The corrupt cops In this terrible city Even they see how bad he is that they give their own money to his wife to send her out of town. It kind of makes it seem like he was bad from the beginning, which is,
1: which is not shown the whole point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And undermines the whole point of the original
1: story. So and I didn't like that. it's funny it, because it almost ties it back to the Jack Nicholson. Like, Oh, I made you. Well, you made me it. Like if he hadn't done that, then the dude wouldn't have thought his family was dead and had nothing left to lose and become the Joker. So like, did you create yeah.
2: him? <laughs> yeah. I didn't re- think about that, but when you're just saying it, what would he have done Had they not lied to him
3: Would yeah. he
2: still have done all this stuff Or was were, was their fib Like the catalyst for him Turning into the dude he turned into Exactly. That's interesting but I don't think Jeff Johns had that in mind no, <laughs>
1: Well and that's why <laughs> That's why I said On the Three Jokers episode That The less you think about it The more it works Yeah <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. It was just bugging me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Three Jokers uh, episode. Part two? Colon. No, because <laughs> Black- you, you <laughs> brought it up on the last one, too. So it's <laughs> it's now three episodes dragging out.
2: <laughs> That's Great story.
0: Keeps you thinking. Batman
2: 89. Uh, I know that that was a while
0: ago, but I have something <laughs> to say about it. <laughs> this story, I'll say, I mean, I, I like. The only things about Robin that I like are his relationship to Batman what having that guy as your protege would mean. Yeah. What it would be to be someone that he would think like, oh, this person is worthy of training and you know making them like me. But even though he is Batman and he's doing Batman stuff, it's still
1: not the same. Yeah,
0: Kind of like with all the trauma stuff, he doesn't really have any of that. Even though he does in his story, that never really comes up
1: in this. He's a much lighter character even when he's dressed as Batman. Well, and they address that in the conclusion as well.
0: It doesn't hurt the story. It just has a different feel to it. Yeah. And it
2: only stands to reason that we're all different people. So even if we were wearing the costume, we would all represent that thing differently. But I think that, at least to me, like Batman is Batman. And I don't really think of like Bruce. I just think of Batman. So somehow in my head, if anybody would dress like him, then they would be the same person. That doesn't obviously make any sense. They're not him. So it's kind of (laughs) cool how, how it's actually more about Bruce than it is the costume, and therefore anybody else who slapped the same stuff on would represent that character totally differently.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a part where he's trapped later on in the story, where he in his inner monologue refers to himself as Batman, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah.
2: So much bad mental stuff. Going like because on. That guy really did a number on everybody.
1: Because this person has referred to Batman outside of himself for his whole like adolescence and, and adulthood, right? And now he's using the same name on himself. I was like, this is weird. I'm going to just ignore this and move on.
0: <laughs> I feel like that would, that would hurt your head if you were to do that. <laughs> This is really more of an ensemble story than it is just a Batman story. I mean, there's Uh as much focus on Gordon as there is on Batman.
1: Well, and this is some commentary I was going to put in the end, really, but I don't think the actual Black Mirror issues belong in this book, The Black Mirror. It seems like more of a almost Court of Owls setup sort of thing, where they're in Harbor House and talking about this decades-long auction. I feel like the story really starts on the skeleton cases, and it becomes very much just a Jim Gordon story, almost a continuation of year one and and some of these other things that we've seen. And so as I was reading it, I thought there was cool stuff in this first part, but I am going to kind of skim over it because I feel like it's the least relevant. And they mention it in the end, but I was like, it still would work without that at all.
2: Yeah, it only goes to show that he's been orchestrating stuff for a while, and that's why the beginning plays into it, but otherwise, you're right, that would seem like a, a random fun mini-adventure, and then the meat of the story.
1: Yeah, and even the tone feels different, too. It seems like we're reading Batman skeleton cases, not Batman Black Mirror, because mm-hmm. Everything else seems like a through line that's connected, same tone, but like all of that just seems kind of tacked on.
0: I think it's uh. because the book has to satisfy both telling the bigger story, but also like here's the collective version of all of these issues so you can have all of them. Yeah, rather than try to like have those be a separate book or have
1: this just be <laughs> or, that story, or do an annotation at the big conclusion at the end <laughs> the, when they when they show the dealer and it's like see issues, blah blah blah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go it's back like to the, Barnes and Noble and buy
2: this thing. Yeah, it's the world's thinnest <laughs> trade paperback, and actually the first six pages are all just summaries of other stuff <laughs> than that story.
1: Oh, it's like the Death in the Family animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a recap. Just the
2: cliff notes on everything.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's kind of skim through this um, first arc here. So, the mutant kid's mom was under Hatter's mind control, which they also assume was stolen from police evidence. They track this to two former cops who are selling this evidence on the black market to someone named the dealer. Now, this is an awesome action sequence very like gadgety he's going through with night vision looking at this house and like oh my god they've got this and this and like all this tech and all this weaponry and then at the end of it he's like in other words kid stuff compared to me and then like fucking because you see the dude's got the drop on him right behind him and then he just flips the whole well, uh, scene
0: miles morales like electrical fingers yeah powering. yeah yeah <laughs> he uses later also
1: yeah the little taser yeah. i love it and and the way he scoops up the the lady and hangs her upside down you know like that whole scene was really fun bullock investigates the mirror house auction history barbara secures an invitation tim provides a lucius fox designed smart mask disguise which is sort of like what a. Uh, Black Widow used in uh, The Winter Soldier. And Dick goes to the Mirror House auction, which confusingly is held at Harbor House. And gas masks are given out at the door.
0: The whole setup, kind of as you said, does have
1: that Court of Owls feel. Yeah.
0: Because Uh this is before Court of Owls. I don't know if this was kind of like to tease the idea or to test it. But before you know there's no payoff to it, it's kind of cool that there's this whole secret society that's meeting throughout the years and all these different places in Gotham where terrible things have happened. Dick has the the inner monologue saying, you know, I think they're just playing at it. They're just, they want to be here because they think it's neat, but they're not really into it. And then he kind of realizes, no, these people are like really terrible,
1: really yeah, bad. That, that line like all this stuff. is really great when he says, I tell myself they're just excited by the taboo, right? And then the dealer brings out the Joker's crowbar that killed Jason Todd and people start putting up their bids in the air and he's like oh shit these people aren't pretending like you want to see people as good and even when you see like a a red flag or something that looks really bad you're like that can't be right i must be misreading the benefit of the doubt it's, it's me that's misreading this you know like there's no way you're that fucked up and then it's like oh nope, nope they're that fucked up
0: <laughs> they just voted for this teen Robin to be killed because (laughs) it was interesting. I didn't want to see him
1: kill Yeah. Who doesn't want that on their mantle, you know, a nice little frame. (laughs) So the dealer outs Dick's identity and six, the crowd on him saying that his gas mask has been tampered with. And if you're feeling the effects, that's why, uh, he kind of scrambles out through the roof, uh, you, you know how Dick Grayson likes swinging on chandeliers? He made sure to do that on the way out. <laughs> I love that. Now, my question here, I think they sort of answered this, but at the time I'm reading it, I'm not clear, is the gas getting to him or did all these people take the mutagen because they start turning into monster people?
0: That's all in his head. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's in his head. Later on, on the airplane, when he's fighting the dealer, yes. that is like the monster mutagen. But all of that matches him kind of succumbing to the hallucinations.
1: It's almost like that scarecrow episode that we watch, where it's like, "Well, wait a second, is this just the gas then, or are they really turning?" Yeah, because then they do have someone yeah. really turning.
2: No, that makes it kind of confusing because the one actually is real, and the other one is not
0: real. You're but- supposed to be confused. That's the point. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Good job, Ryder. <laughs> (laughs)
2: That's
0: why the pages rotate, because I'm going crazy in this maze. I'm going to call him Snidey from now on. Nice word, Snidey. Oh, yeah.
1: I like the, speaking of hallucinations, when Dick wakes up after that, at Barbara's place, and he looks down, and his legs have been amputated, and Barbara tries...
0: This is a red flag when you say, I like that he wakes up with no legs. This is where I'm yeah, yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt.
2: I, yeah, I, I exactly. I not think <laughs> that you're not into this kind of stuff, Sam.
0: But
1: there's this sort of like shocking. Wait, what the fuck? Ha- oh no, no. Okay, that's that's he's he's going through it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really effective. Yeah,
2: that's for sure one of those like double movie cuts. You know, you're like huh you wake up and then ah, my legs, and then ah, wake up again.
0: Yeah, and it also sets the tone for where this story goes because it doesn't really let up with that. Like this whole book. That kind of stuff keeps popping up, like the extreme, like serial killer, body horror stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know why I never really thought about it before, and I don't know why I thought about it because I was reading a comic book when it's far less obvious in a comic book. But in the back of cargo style planes like that, when the back gets opened up, does it not just suck stuff out the backside? If yeah. you, like, open an emergency exit on an airplane, I feel
0: like it would be very disruptive, but why is that more disruptive than, like, the, the entire backside of a plane opening up? Maybe they fly at lower altitudes and or they don't pressurize the interior.
2: Hmm. Oh, yeah, totally, because then it wouldn't blow out because of there's no, like,
0: pressure to equalize. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I saw the Fast and the Furious movies, and they did stuff like that all the time. (laughs)
1: That
0: could just be like, maybe you can just open
1: it and it's okay. Ben's like, I saw the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm a scientist now. I mean, (laughs) (laughs)
0: they're they're based in reality. (laughs) I'm a scientist, a race car driver, a master fighter.
1: So, yeah, that's sort of just a quick little climax that really leads to nothing where Dick goes out there, still under the influence of the toxin, flies in this robocop looking. Luke Fox, Batwing looking suit, and then uh, the dealer goes full Man Bat, and we never see him again.
0: Well, and earlier he had his uh, unicycle, which is (laughs) kind (laughs) of cool. I like that thing. I think that (laughs) it flies. Does it fly? Also, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Doesn't the dealer say something about like, like amygdala or amygdala, however you say
1: that? Amygdala. Yeah, I think he's talking about the part of your brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, but isn't that the big dude's name in Mm -hmm. Nightfall? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the whole thing later with James. Like, he's a psycho because his amygdala doesn't produce the right things to make you feel empathy or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the big baby man doesn't <laughs>
1: feel
0: the right things? Yeah.
1: That's, why they, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's why they call well, him that. What you you mean, know, they
2: call this guy. It's like, uh, <laughs>
1: brain part brain part with the bad balance well it's like in uh, like an old 80s movie they're in like high school and the bullies are making fun of people or whatever and like you know the kid in the wheelchair rolls by and they just call him wheels you know it's like that's just they look at the thing that's wrong with you and that's your name now you know I call
2: it like i see
1: it yeah
0: like when they look at me and they're like too handsome that
1: was yeah.
2: Also mine. yeah, yeah. Was hella, also- handsome. <laughs> hella handsome hella handsome brah
1: we call you 2H yeah So here's where the story actually starts, in my eyes, and that's with skeleton cases. Um, Bullock calls Gordon to the aviary, believing that he sees James Jr. on the surveillance footage. Gordon decides to tell Barbara. She is talking to him as if he is in great denial. She's saying he's a killer, and Gordon's kind of dancing around it a little bit. And right as she leaves... James Jr. sits down at the table, and I'm already like, okay, this is getting much better, you know.
0: Well, and I want to know, other than the character in year one, did James Gordon show up in other things before this as an
1: adult? I don't know, and I think in, I want to see it was Earth One or one of the other titles we read, there was some mention of him. They showed him a little bit, and I was like, wait, did I miss some crazy backstory, and I think this is the story that I was missing all that time, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. I kind of recall us talking about it at some point, just, like, the mention of it, but it's his non-existence, and I recall being, like, I didn't know that there even was a son. I am (laughs) totally unfamiliar with this character.
0: Yeah, other than the baby in year one, but it just makes me think, like, was he never referenced ever again? And, and like, they just, like, wrote him out of existence and then brought him back.
1: I think that's probably what happened, because... I mean, really, Babs is the main one there. You know, you could have written him off with, like, the the ex-wife or something, you know. I, I yeah, in, fa- yeah. in fact, I think that might have been done when he gets divorced, that it might have been like, oh, yeah, his wife and son moved back to Chicago or something, you know, some shit uh, like that. Because
0: uh, Barbara' <laughs> adopted anyway, or, like, adopted into their family.
1: That happened in... In the beginning arises they mention, like, oh, yeah, wife took the kids, you know, moved out, whatever.
3: I, f- I, felt a little,
2: <laughs> I felt a little confused about the people's names in this when they're talking about his childhood and who these characters are. And, it's and James and
0: Jim and Bess and Beth.
1: You have four characters and two names between them.
2: There's Jimmy James Barbara Babs, <laughs> Timmy, Jimmy Jimmy
1: <laughs>
2: Sam and Pam.
1: Wait, are you saying uh, are you saying Pan with an N? Pan. No, pa- yeah, with Pan pan. Yeah. pan. yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> uh, and I felt like, whereas before I was confused about not knowing that there was even a James, now I'm getting to see James, but then they're like he hit his head, and then not telling me anything about him hitting his head. It's like, I'm not getting <laughs> all of the information. <laughs> You've given me a little bit. Now I see this man, and yet I still don't know what I need to know.
0: Did you pick that up later when they talk about the fall?
2: No. All I got was that he, <laughs> well, <laughs> he wears glasses
0: and he's the man. Very, very confident in your no. <laughs> There's yeah, a, no. <laughs> no.
1: There's a one-line mention at the end, uh, something about I don't know if I was born this way, or if this is because of the fall, and I'm going, oh, year one where he gets tossed off the bridge and Bruce jumps off his motorcycle and catches him, you know, and he hands oh, him back to to so Jim in, in the, the first
0: time you understood that Evan, in, that
1: in the a mud.
2: Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of like you, Ben. How you need like a science montage, but I need I need like a baby tumbling down a cliff montage in order
0: for <laughs> sure. stuff to stuff to really sink in. You're
1: like what? This story came out 30 years ago. You don't remember that little tiny no. scene?
0: That is yeah. kind of lazy to work that into the story and just assume that <laughs> your reader has read that. Not show the it. Fall. Like, yeah, what? I need babies
2: falling like dominoes. That's, I, need, <laughs> it does, I don't get it otherwise.
1: Uh so, again, this is kind of the good stuff to me. They're talking for just a moment and Gordon looks at him and says, w- what is on your shirt? It's such a perfect response that he has this like, oh, I'm going to try to make light of this and say, it's blood. I killed the waitress while you were talking to Barbara. It was like, this fucking guy is like... I
0: stuffed her head in the toilet and then he looks well, over to the bathroom and yeah. it's yeah. overflowing. And it's, yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah, And then at the end of the scene, he goes in there to see that he's stuff the sinks with toilet paper. Yeah. That's also a red flag, even if you didn't kill someone. Yeah. I set know. that whole thing up to then make a joke about it. Terrible joke.
2: <laughs> Terrible prankster. That whole part is cool, too. I mean, even from the beginning, you have, like, um, with the stuff with the aviary, like, it is and it isn't James. Yeah. You know, Gordon's suspecting where it kind of does and doesn't need to, but... Barbara gets it, but she was also kind of wrong about that scenario. And then the whole thing with the diner, like, you just don't know what to think. And if you were Gordon, you also wouldn't know what to think. Like, is he making light of this stuff and just playing pranks? Or is that just kind of a misdirect because he actually is that dude? He just didn't have any heads to stuff in any toilets, but he would
0: have if he could have. <laughs> <laughs> he would have if he could have. He was just out of point.
2: heads. <laughs> but it's weird because he, he is that guy. But it
0: gives you pause. To, it's a good, to, it's to, a good mystery story because there's yeah. a lot, yeah, of, like, like you said, Mister and you you are never really sure until like you get irrefutable
1: evidence. And that's coupled with the fact that Gordon just implicitly will not want to believe that, and yeah. so it just becomes so much more complicated. Even when his daughter is saying, "Like, dude, I've been telling you all this time," and he's like, "Look, I hear what you're saying. I'll look into it." But he's still not ever fully convinced, you know. And uh-huh. it shows how he's able to play him because in this uh, end of the issue, Junior is talking about – and that's how I made my notes just so I'm not confused. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote Junior when I'm talking about him. So, Good job. so Junior <clears throat> describes being bullied at a laundromat and just taking the abuse. And he doesn't act – but then he follows the guy home, breaks into his house, and is about to kill him, but doesn't. He's like, yeah, I checked myself into a hospital. I started this <laughs> clinical trial. I was diagnosed properly. You know, I'm feeling a lot better. And then it ends with him opening the door to his basement. And it's, it is uh-huh. a little bit like Earth One with, like, Birthday Boy's basement. You know, it was like, holy uh-huh. shit.
0: That's the end of this little story. But I think we have, like, two issues in between that of other stuff. So we simmer for a little while. Still being unsure.
2: Well, and that part isn't even until um, he meets with Dick. They're like, you know, speaking of catching up with people from the past. I, I haven't seen you ben. in a long time. Yeah, and I saw Ben, and I definitely have not been torturing him. <laughs>
0: He's great. He's a just kidding, support. readers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Up, we, you, you, still have a while to think about. Like, is he bad? Is he good? What is it? That's they don't right. That until a little later.
1: That's right, because that's when, um, at Gordon's request. He's like, look, will you feel him out? Like you were around will back kind in the of day. Talk about
0: that story, all is one thing because the middle stuff is its own thing anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Will you feel up my son? And <laughs> tell me what's going on. No, well, feel,
1: him? feel out, feel him out. Yeah. <laughs> what? I just want to
0: say the. Uh, I keep looking at my phone because I don't want to mess up his name. Like you, you fucking idiot, Frank Oviedo. Sam. His artwork is the best part of this book. Frank, it's, Frank, I love it so much. Yeah, Frank, 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 the I, I art like, and the colors are just stunning. I like his more than jocks as well. Yeah, it's got that just that perfect amount of cartooniness. And it's a real contrast to the content of the story.
1: Yeah, I think they're both similar styles, yet jocks can veer a little bit more toward the uh, like Capullo style a little bit. Um, it
0: seems more realistic.
1: And then it gets a little more, more defined. Almost Raphael Albuquerque or something like that, you know?
2: Francesco's stuff reminds me of Joe Kubert's art. If you guys are familiar. It's like very kind old of more school. traditional comics. Yeah. Traditional, like thick inks. Uh, this looks like it's done with a brush, which is like old school, but I yeah. actually think that this stuff is just all digital. But I think that that art and that coloring Pairs really well with the story that they're telling in those parts, though it just fits this detective story that they're
0: telling. Kind of like Year One, a little bit.
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, coloring wise, I could see Year One. I could see Long Halloween, you know, stuff like that as being influential. Like everything is so saturated, you know. There's not a lot of yeah. not a lot of gradients or anything. It's uh-huh. just like big washes of color. Uh-huh. It, it works really well. James Jr. Yes. almost has like a. He reminds me of Elijah Wood's character from Sin City a little bit, like he's got that yeah. stoic, creepy look with the like reflection on the glasses, like long Halloween and stuff, you know, and I just it's the perfect amount of eerie, you know
2: yeah. yeah. I don't imagine him speaking with like very much inflection mm-hmm. just. Like, I don't know what his voice sounds like, but I bet there's not a lot
0: of fluctuation. It just he sounds like, like Hal from 2001 A Space <laughs>
2: Odyssey.
0: <awesome. laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Hello Dad. There. I'm joking. Father. That was yeah, a yeah.
2: joke. Those are heads in
1: the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so, book three opens with Bullock lamenting his old fashioned taste and not fitting in with the, the younger generation, which. Uh, I don't know, I never realized this about myself, but this is what now the third book where I'm going to say, I really related to Bullock in this scene. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm getting older, yeah, I guess..
0: You fat <laughs> uh, and uh,
1: I-, I like this part where Gordon stalks Roy Blount, who is newly released from prison he believes him to be someone called the Peter Pan killer, who was like a a child serial killer. And those crimes ended when this guy was locked up. It's almost like a Zodiac thing where they thought Arthur Lee Mitchell uh, was the guy. Uh, I think that was his name or was it Arthur Lee Allen? I don't know, whatever. They thought that was the guy. Um, And then he got arrested for something and all the letters stopped. And then as soon as he gets out, The letters start again you know so it kind of reminded me of that like you know it's art imitating life and he prides himself on being able to see that little darkness in his eyes right and yet it's juxtaposed with cutaways of his wife barbara saying oh we had to see another doctor for junior right and they think they want to give him this test Seeing if he's a psychopath or whatever it's like, what they give that test out at Arkham Let the fuck out of here, right? And so they're showing his denial when it's that when it's too close to him, at the same time that he's very effectively and and kind of bragging about how good he is about spotting yeah. that in others.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. And how even I guess the thing that kept him from utilizing that with blunt is because he got sent away for something else. Mm-hmm. But it's the same kind of idea of like missing an opportunity
3: in the past to act on that.
0: Yeah. In a way that would have benefited other people but he's gonna he's gonna catch Blount and that'll make up for it
2: I really like that part there isn't a ton of Batman detective stuff in this but that has some really good detective stuff on Gordon's part like even if he yeah. is wrong but how he's talking about the the burn on his hands and that happens from like a flash that's because he had the ether and stuff like that's some cool you just I know love much.
1: that yeah that was awesome
2: yeah. th- this story also has a, a good amount just like a really good balance of it's a lot of the times it's just like the narration that makes stuff feel like a, a detective story to mm-hmm. me. It's just them working through their stuff and showing how smart they are. And we get to read it, but this has like a really good balance of, of those elements in it.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is uh very, very well written. And those insights to the character's thought process gives you a lot without having to show them do all these extra steps you know Uh it's again very year one
0: and it ends with a nice cliffhanger of another like oh well you know barbara always thought that junior killed her friend and we never found her Uh and you know i kind of thought he did too but now blount is revealing that he actually went to the cabin that time well and that is take out jim and yeah so now it's like another like oh so he wasn't as bad as he thought
1: Well, that's an awesome, awesome reveal where he admits to going after his family and following him up to, uh, it was like a vacation home or something, right?
0: Like a lake house or something.
1: And saying that Junior creeped him out. (laughs) Because Uh I can't remember what he said, but uh, like the fact... I see
0: you or I know who you are or something like that. Yeah. I know what you are. I
1: know what you are. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, ooh, God, you know, because, I mean, that was a thing on like Dexter or like you've heard and other things of like, oh yeah, you can... You can spot can you another see my one. My dark passenger. Well, yeah, but it's like uh, I can see the monster in him because I have the same, you know. It's one of those, but I, I really liked that, and I thought it made for a, a good ending that was <clears throat> a little bit ambiguous. Like Gordon's definitely right, mostly, you know. Uh mm-hmm. huh. I have a question about their family dynamic because James Junior. Is referred to as Barbara's stepbrother when she is uh, meeting Bess at the yes. lake house, right? Babs three. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but but we've already established that the ex-wife Barbara Gordon is Barbara's mom. That's why she has that fucking name. She's the older one. That's where they first there, and so the current relationship with Sarah Essen. Gordon's current wife. They don't have any kids of their own. Why the fuck are they step-siblings? I don't understand this.
0: I thought there was something that had been retconned in where Barbara is not. Am I just confusing this with something else where Barbara is not his biological daughter?
1: I never knew that version.
0: A niece or something like that. Huh. So my thought is it's either that. Like, that's how young Barbara is rationalizing their relationship or presenting it. It's like, he's not my biological brother. Because these aren't, this isn't my biological family, but he is my stepbrother. Weird. Or she just doesn't like him, and she doesn't want to refer to him as her brother. <laughs> I don't accept him. But I thought, I thought there was something like that where she wasn't his kid.
1: I believe you have read more Batgirl than I have, so I would believe you on that. But I, I'm not familiar.
0: It might be Batgirl Year One or something like that. Huh. Interesting. That's another thing that they don't really bother explaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh,
0: I'm just confused. I'm so- fell on, <laughs> she fell and hit her head is what happened. Yeah,
2: come on. Give me the montage.
1: <laughs> so now we change to Hungry City is the uh, name of this arc. And a dead orca is found in the bank lobby uh, with no surveillance footage. And Gordon mentions that the CEO, Sonia Branch... Really, a bank manager named Branch <laughs> is the biological daughter of Tony Zuko, even though they have to repeatedly say Anthony Fats Zuko. But
0: and then Dick's like, "Oh, oh,
1: oh that Tony, that Zuko. To- yeah, exactly."
2: <laughs> and he's having like elephant flashbacks. <laughs> 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 Leave my peanuts alone.
1: <laughs> so. Dick is examining the whale somehow at this giant lab, and a body falls out, and they identify this. <laughs> you
3: think that lady <laughs> they were sleeping with would have pointed that out?
2: <laughs> <or
0: something? laughs> the, uh, the
1: whale
2: on the stand is like my favorite page in this entire comic book. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's flopping falling up, over like, both like, sides. This is beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they identify that body as Sonia's best friend and assistant, and so Dick bugs her apartment, Traces this call to an arms dealer called Roadrunner. And this is where he gets stuck in sort of a Star Wars, walls are closing in, trash compactor trap. I like this part because it's more Batman gadgetry.
0: This is where he uses his electric fingers to jumpstart the
1: car. Because there's that, no battery. He yeah, it
0: into a bomb to both blow open the door and then launch him out. I love he's on speed. the hood of the car, <laughs> so, you know,
1: so and like jumps off of it like a springboard. I love it.
0: Like talked in a little cannonball.
1: Yeah. So cool. Now it gets a little weird right here when uh Roadrunner has pogo stick legs and starts quoting <laughs> Looney tunes incessantly. Um they both do. And then they acknowledge that his prosthesis, they're titanium. And then somehow he can step on it and break the leg. On the next page,
0: could be thin.
2: Titanium actually isn't the strongest.
1: It's not adamantium. (laughs) Okay. It's just
2: light for its strength. Okay. The metal rod in my leg is titanium. It's mm-hmm. strong because there's bone around it, not because the metal itself is okay. incredibly strong. This it is, just creates like an element of rigidity.
1: Let's do another industrial engineering tangent in here. <laughs>
2: oh um, yeah. So you wouldn't build a high-rise building out of titanium.
1: <laughs> and the rivets But you would build that's that's why you like use, Yeah, that's why you use
2: the automatic <laughs> rivets and the steel ivy.
1: Okay, so Gordon tells Batman that Sonia wants to talk. She actually does relate very well to Dick by talking about living in her father's shadow. And like, no matter what I do, I'm still related to this piece of shit, you know? And he's like, okay, now I'm starting to empathize, see it from your perspective, right? She had refused Roadrunner's request to launder money, and then he started putting the squeeze on, or at least that's what she made it seem like. Uh-huh. And then Tiger Shark actually killed her assistant with the whale. Tiger Shark. Yeah, Tiger Shark. That's what I said.
0: Not Tiger Shark. Tiger
1: Shark. I can't walk in it once in a while. <laughs> this is sort of a little detour, but they they go to Tiger Shark and he pushes his own translator. Into the tank to get eaten, I guess, just to establish this man's cruelty.
0: Well, I like that because he was making the whole point about, like, the pirate captains would even sacrifice a member of their crew, a weak member of their crew, to whet the shark's appetite. Yeah. Also, the guy gets halfway, that sentence halfway out before he kicks him off the edge. (laughs) Also,
2: Tiger Shark was shooting for sharks with laser beams on their head, and that guy did not deliver. uh, He just wanted some freaking sharks with freaking laser beams on their freaking heads.
1: I like that um, when Dick gets dropped into the tank and he uses his hypersonics or whatever right, to get the whale to break the glass, it reminded me of that Joker shark from Three Jokers, actually. Where he flies out and eats that dude like in uh-huh. one motion. It's very similar to that.
0: Yeah, you get that nice shot with the henchman, like with his leg half in the orc's
1: mouth. Yep.
0: And Dick oh. is doing another like front flip away from from the danger.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that was also a good part too, where he's underwater and he's like finding the entrance to this pipeline or whatever. That was a good detectivey moment where he like worked out that this must be the source of the stuff and it's traveling through these old pipelines and that's where he's got to bust into.
1: Yeah, you know, you keep, you keep bringing up my uh, trifecta notes for detective stuff, oh, but I. My bad. No, no, it's, it's great. Been a whole,
0: it's been whole. I'm just a saying well, I think Forgot how it works.
1: No, it's yeah, great. Yeah. I really like all that stuff. I am most interested in the Batman detective stories. Oh, like oh, the the underside of the whale had these elements, you know, dug into the skin. In the
0: barnacles that been... uh-huh. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: I had to double back for a second when he's underwater. He has like a very a very streamlined mouth mask. It shows his mouth, but it covers his mouth. Yeah. And then in the next one, he's suspended above the pool, but the background is still blue. And I thought he was still underwater, but he didn't have a mask on anymore. <laughs> so so it went from like being underwater to I thought he was underwater, but he wasn't. So I then I had to double back, like, wait, didn't he have a mask on? And then it turns out that he was he was like being suspended over this pool.
1: Well, in 2021, the mask. we got yes, to think. I
2: was the dumbass. <laughs> I was
1: just saying, in 2021, we think a lot about when someone's wearing a mask and when they're not. So I forget. I, you
0: forgive. <laughs> there, there I, I tell you what, no one ever called Batman a fucking communist for making them wear masks. mask. <laughs> so. uh, I, I
2: liked at the end of this, he has like a full page bragging session about emerging to the surface of the water it was like super batman it was very like 10 pounds crush a collar <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah yeah like all about the pressure and the distance
0: a professional and swimmer would have had to load up on pure oxygen before going on an underwater yeah, mission that,
2: right yeah that whole page was so funny to me
1: i said that you to ang i was like asshole. like is that even a thing can you raise your blood oxygen level to compensate for not yeah. breathing
2: professional divers do all kinds of crazy stuff David Blaine, anytime he has to do underwater
0: stuff. Pure O2. (laughs) I
1: I saw that dude in uh, New York in 06 when uh, he was doing that like submerged underwater in a tank in the sky for a week straight or some shit. Everyone I was with really wanted to go see that. And I was like, it's just a fucking, it's going to be so far away in the sky like you can't find. I think
0: it's really cool and, and I also completely agree with you. Does not look cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's cool
0: that he did it, but it it looks like what you think it would look like. Yeah, yeah. What do you expect to see
1: here? <laughs> it looks like a fucking you know bathwater in the sky. Like, yeah.
2: if you told me there was a man in a box, I would pretty much know it's a
1: picture. Yeah, they should have just been playing Alice in Chains out there. So Dick reminisces with James Junior, and as he's speaking with him, realizes. Because they're saying, like, yes, it's crazy how some people change, and he's like, and others stay the same. Holy shit. He's like, Sonia must have purged her own surveillance footage. Therefore, she could point the blame wherever she wanted. And so that's why he didn't find shit with Roadrunner, you know, because that wasn't actually the culprit. And so
0: I like that layering her in there because it's like Junior is his joker. Yeah, And she's kind of like his Catwoman, the femme fatale, who is not evil, but is not up front and is kind of working him to her own ends at the same time. And I guess because Batman comes back not long after this, so it, there's no payoff to that. But it is the setup of he's got his own group of people who are like that.
2: Yeah, That just made me think that a really awesome way, if I ever wanted to get out of any conversations that were awkward or were lingering or something (laughs) we could like shake hands and then i could just repeat the last thing that the person said and be like (laughs) come to think of it blah 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 and then just like shake your hand and then
0: just skedaddle every time come to think of it i have to go eat yeah also
2: yeah i recently (laughs) borrowed a book from the library and then just bolt
1: Ben, I like your observation though. That's a good parallel. That this is a this is Batman, but it's not Batman. That it's sort of like the Joker, but it's not the Joker. Sort of a Catwoman, but it's not the, like it has all these differences and yet it feels so traditional Batman, you know. And that yeah. that's why it works. It's cuz it's it's drawing on those things even while changing the variables.
0: Even though he doesn't feel like Batman, it all feels like Batman. Yeah. I can't remember when
2: he said it. But I swear that there's a part where he's interacting with her. He's thinking, like, these, like, relatives of mob bosses or whatever. Barbara says that. How come all the daughters of mob bosses? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, like, how come they're always hot? But then I immediately thought of, like, (laughs) me too. Long Halloween and Dark Victory. I'm like, that (laughs) chick was not hot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's just his art style didn't convey her beauty.
1: No, no.
2: (laughs) I interpreted that incorrectly. (laughs) Um, No, that chick looked like Mickey Rourke. (laughs)
1: Gordon visits Leslie Tompkins to check in on James Jr. And he is very much keeping up appearances. And Gordon plays along, but we actually see that he stole one of his pills because he wants to test this clinical trial medication that he's on that's supposed to produce empathy. So he's able to interact in the real world, right? And so he brings this pill to Barbara and says... I regret bringing Dick into this. This should be in the family. I want you to test this and tell me if it is what he says it is. And I like that somehow they don't explain it. It's sort of like a um, white knight scenario where they show that the medicine was tampered with in some way. It was reversed. And so it's actually science stuff on it. Yeah. Science stuff. Uh. Hella science
0: uh. stuff. <laughs> they got that big fat orca out of the way and then she put that little pill on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but, well, now, I mean, they don't show how James would have reversed it. That's that's the oh, question. He's like
0: a Hannibal Electric genius. Yeah. Being an asshole also makes you a genius, apparently. Yeah. That's what that's, they're sticking to. That's yeah, what I'm sticking with. Pharmaceutical company. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, Gordon has the realization he's like, oh, shit. Junior's responsibilities include overseeing the feeding of, of these infants and young children. What if he contaminated it with this reversed empathy medication?
0: It's almost like Joker poisoning the water supply with Joker toxin.
1: It really is. It really is. Just because it's with babies, it feels extra sadistic and, and Yeah. Like more extreme. Very urgent. You really wanna like, oh yeah, get out of here, Gordon. Frank
0: Miller's all star Batman.
1: Would do that. That's the kind of <laughs> evil plan he would have. Yeah, Danny DeVito's penguin, like uh, killing sleeping children. Isn't that. that a little? Uh, no, it's a lot. You know. <laughs> so he searches Junior's apartment. He finds all these missing keys, including Bess's keychain from back in the day, and was like, "Oh shit, this is mad incriminating!" Right. Over time, we we discover that a lot of these keys are. Some kind of digital key, some sort of modern key that actually can be identified. And they said it was related to like almost a dozen unsolved crimes.
0: Which is pretty incriminating also, I would say. Yeah. Finding a bunch of keys tied to unsolved murders in someone's house. And still he's like, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I I
2: don't know. (laughs) Look at that haircut. Look at that sweet haircut.
1: (laughs) he wears the same frames as me i don't don't
2: he's a cutie
0: harmless extremely flat expression yeah
2: i mean he told me he met with that guy and was not torturing him (laughs) I,
0: I, i believe him so now we've passed the part in the story i think where that you referred to earlier where it's revealed that junior goes into the basement of their childhood friend's house and he's just been like hanging him from the ceiling and torturing him yeah like extremely gruesome like his jaw is missing his limbs have been cut off yeah yeah that part brutal but that reminds me of the graphic
3: novel the history of violence that the movie's based on oh with i mean that spoils an element of the story but it, it like has something extremely
0: similar to that i don't know if that was like an influence or just a coincidence but it's it's as grotesque if not more maybe a little less like blatant but
1: it's like a seven crime scene you know
0: yeah you
2: don't see it too long, but it's very obvious what's happening. Yeah, they said it's like, I wonder if what he
0: did was bad to that guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Hannibal Lecter, we get a little Joker cameo where he's strapped down. He's got the mask on. He's provoking the doctor. He's kind of rambling, and you're not really paying attention to what he's saying. And then the doctor starts to notice some details about his sick wife and this place they go to and it's the aviary from the beginning and he he provokes this doctor into laying hands on him and he and he grabs him by the neck that apparently intoxicates him he he took some sort of low grade joker toxin that he could sweat out or something i don't know exactly but um, yeah
0: high potency but low lethality
2: well, it also says that he's immune to it, also, so he could ingest the stuff and not be affected, yeah. and then he would sweat it out, and contact with his, I'll say, secretions would <laughs> would affect the doctor.
1: It's like the new COVID, you know. It's less lethal, more contagious, you know. Yes, exactly. And so he uh, basically kills everybody in the room.
0: Remember the coronavirus? Remember when that was a
1: thing? Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Ha- hashtag 2020
1: trending <laughs> by the time this episode airs we'll all be at conventions right
0: yeah, yeah. back to normal life
1: totally well yeah so basically everyone dies and joker escapes he gets the call and he as happens when the joker escapes everyone dies but <laughs> i was watching the uh dark knight returns when carrie kelly tells Batman, that the Joker escaped. The only question he has is how many? Like, Uh how many people did he kill to get out, you know? Uh So it's one of those sort of moments. And then Gordon finds out and goes, Oh shit, Barbara can take care of herself, but I gotta call ex wife Barbara and let her know, like, hey, could be coming after you. You gotta lay low. And um, we know who that knock at the door is before we see it. When they pull back the shower curtain and see her with the jokerized mouthpiece and the jaw and all that shit. It's just ooh.
0: also grotesque. Oh yeah. my
1: God. You know, that's heartbreaking. It's like, how many times can this dude come after the Gordon family? You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think eventually I would be mad at my dad for having <laughs> this job, and for keeping us in this city for so
3: long.
2: <laughs> he volunteered us for all of this stuff. man.
1: This is like the killing joke again, where it's like, I want him brought in by the book, damn it.
0: <laughs> oh, why?
1: Like, still? All right. You say so. I'd
0: punch that other guy out of the window, but this guy. <laughs> yeah. do it right. yeah. <laughs>
1: Fuck you, Roy we got a Blount.
0: Soft spot for clowns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Batman catches up with the Joker, and this is sort of a hush moment, which we haven't read for the show. We'll get there, but where Joker says, It wasn't me you can beat me all you want, but I wasn't there. Basically comes to uh, reveal that this was James Jr. As we're processing this information, we see him over the shoulder of Barbara at her desk.
0: Right as she has like recognized him in security camera footage.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I think that
2: that was actually one of my favorite parts where Dick and Joker are interacting and the Joker is like, you're not Batman. You're not my if, Batman. Yeah, you're not my Batman. You know. And if you were, you would have recognized my handiwork, that gross lady in the shower. Oh, that wasn't me. And, uh, I don't do that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, is that what you think of me? It'd be way, way better, way sweeter. I just like that whole thing. Anytime that Joker is shown to be really intelligent yeah. and not just a maniac, I always think that that's really cool. The more stuff I've read... Because I just, I wasn't taking in this much stuff before we started doing the podcast. But I love the Joker and Batman's relationship so much more now. Not just as rivals that are just forever rivals and they're just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tummy sticks. Um, I I just like it so much better now because he's so perceptive and that he's, you're not my guy. He needs to come back. I need to be me again. I need to have some fun with this
0: guy. You need to go away. I just liked that whole scene. Yeah. I think it's a stylistic choice a little bit to have him. Cause he's like quieter and talking a little smaller. I mm-hmm. think that's just kind of the way Scott Snyder wanted to do him at this moment. But also as like a, well, you're not Batman, so I'm not really going to. Do my whole thing because I don't care I'm not into you yeah. I, I can't divulge all the info yeah I'm just why, why why be fully animated I'm not getting anything out of it totally
1: I'm not going to give you the good dick I'm just going to go <laughs> through the motions you know
0: you smell like bird feathers no dick for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the end of this is very like I just rewatched Wes Craven's Scream and it reminds me of that it's very twisty stabby bloody confrontation here at the end and we're seeing gordon have this regret that he didn't listen to barbara and now barbara's the victim right these were his kids the stakes couldn't be higher and the regret couldn't be deeper but there's no time to process that right barbara is telling this story that she knew james was fucked up from day one and she recounts this story where as a kid a bus driver made fun of him. And when they say what the insult was, and he's like, four eyes. I'm like, really?
2: What I do like about that though is that when she's saying that, it's like word for word back and forth because he remembers exactly what the phrases were. Yep. That's how like present and relevant it still is in his life. Like four eyes was that's stupid. But he finishes her sentences as if to show he is still hurt. Those things are still a part of his life. Yep. He still holds a grudge over it.
1: Yeah, yes. totally. And then they tell this really graphic story about his revenge. How he laid low, made it seem like everything was fine, just like he's doing now with Leslie Tompkins and his work. You know, played it off so there's no suspicion. And then she randomly gets attacked later. You know, in in a very gross way. And as they're having this conversation, I don't know how he David blames this, but pulls up a blanket and reveals that he had stabbed her in both of her thighs
0: which, which is another very like hannibal
1: lecter jigsaw yeah like such an elaborate slasher movie yeah. serial killer thing well, i think
0: well, it's because she can't feel her legs so that's yeah but she, she was passed out he just
1: well passed. yeah but she does she have eyes
0: out at-
1: but she has eyeballs
0: but if she was passed out, then yes, yeah, she maybe, was passed maybe out, would, and it was a big blanket, it was like a
2: polio yeah, blanket. Yeah, maybe you would see that the blanket is sitting like six inches above your legs. That she's would, a little preoccupied with other stuff. Yeah, you're well, like no. pitching double tents, and you're
0: a lady, and that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> you guys mentioned she passed out. Did I overlook that?
0: Uh, well, because they don't show up. the I'll one issue back. ends with him behind her. Yeah, like going like I'm here, and then the next issue opens up with her waking up. I think
1: I didn't realize that she had been unconscious so
0: <laughs> he was so riveting that she never looked down as he was stepping
1: yeah body. yeah <laughs> yeah. No,
2: my, eyes are up here. <laughs> my eyes are up here
1: so in this moment james tells this scared straight story about how when he was a kid and they were worried about his life direction they're like all right we're gonna give you a night in arkham let you see how that is right But apparently he was too near to the Joker's cell and befriended him (laughs) and started divulging information about his family and saying, like, oh, yeah, my sister's a real asshole. I wish someone would slow her down, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, I never thought that he would actually come to your house. But, you know, and then he says he's kidding. But again, like earlier. She
0: says you're lying.
1: But he He goes, yeah. But, like, you kind of don't know because. Earlier, he made really off-color jokes, and you didn't really know how to take that either. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. I mean, at this point, you know he's terrible, but you don't know what's true and what's not.
1: Which I I love. It's so,
0: Yeah. This is a good character, and the only time I ever saw him again was, it's one of those Dark Knight's metal offshoots, the the, the Grim Knight, where he comes back in that. He's not really main, but but I don't know if they ever used him for anything interesting, because it's a pretty good character introduction. Yeah. More weighty than Tiger Shark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, now you said it like me.
0: Uh, debatable. <laughs> I did it
1: on purpose. Okay. But it's sort of a Mr. Freeze type character, though, of the like, in this context, he's awesome, but then where do you go from there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. You have to I mean, do probably what they did, which is you put him away for a while. Yeah. But I could see if it was like, if Dick was going to be Batman for another six years, he would be a more integral part in that story.
1: Yeah.
2: He could be cool in a reoccurring way if he got shelved and then came back because it would be like sort of a deep cut thing, you know, to randomly like pull him out and, like you have no idea where the story goes. And, and
1: here's Gaggy. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From 40 years ago. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> deep cut Gaggy. <laughs> Damn it, I forgot. What
1: this I'm story. sorry. I had to say it. No, it's all right, It's <laughs> probably you remember me.
0: Go. I'm Fallout Boy. I fell as a baby and hit my head, and now I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Not many people know I'm actually the son of Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: mm, oh, I was gonna say that he could have Jason Todd kind of vibes, like this whole yeah. tragic backstory, failed son thing. That because of like the heartstrings that it pulls, he could be kind of a character like that because there's a lot of regret and failure tied up in his
3: head
0: bonking and back he's such an irredeemable sadistic murderer that I don't think you could have I'm surprised that in that later story they even managed to have him be anything but that because yeah where Jason Todd it's like he's violent and he kills people but he's like Batman he kills bad people so even though that's bad it's not the same as like being a sadistic serial killer no I, I just
2: meant that in the way that it brings up so much other stuff. Like, no, I don't know what role he would play, but every time he comes back around, that would really stir the pot in this family emotional uh-huh. tied to this character stuff more than it would if you were interacting with some random bad guy because there's no like there's no relationship with that person, but uh-huh. this this has a lot more um, personal
0: backstory tied to it. And because you know, wrap- then it'll just be revealed that he was bad all along. Jeff Johns will come along and, <laughs> yeah. and even, even before the fall In his crib He was You could see in his eyes <laughs> There was a darkness there The doctor spanked his butt Fresh out of the womb And it turned him evil
1: uh, Back to Danny DeVito He ate a cat Right out of his crib
0: <laughs> You know Some kids are just
2: bad I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Recently for the first time nice. And Danny DeVito is in that
1: yeah.
3: And yeah So was
2: Jack Nicholson And so was Jack Nicholson That was an interesting movie That's a
1: great movie all right, so I'm going to wrap up when this. When are we going to do that? Yeah, let's do all the movies that the actors from Batman did separately. Perfect. All right. So let's uh, wrap up this story. got a couple little points here. Um, James took the clinical trial. He walks us through this and did feel empathy and then started to realize that, like, I don't like this. You guys want this and started to view it as like a weakness
0: <laughs> it reminds me of denison that's always saying with that. Uh, yeah. i'm having these like new sensations yeah. of like like i'm feeling things for people like do you have that do i have feelings, yeah. yes. I have feelings? <laughs> In every day of my life
1: yeah. oh. and then they have this sort of um turn with his his medicated self right much like the dark knight returns when you see Batman on TV, like, Batman is back, everyone. He's like, and I knew it was you from the smile on his face. And I was like, this is one of those Peter Parker taking really accurate pictures of Spider-Man sort of questions, but <laughs> okay. Very
0: high-definition camera, yeah, nice tight close-up on his face.
1: Talking about how he set up the dealer and the auction and – all this stuff, and and
0: or that he knows that Bruce is Batman, yeah, he knows and, all their secret identities. He framed, it's he's
1: the he framed the Joker, he framed the Joker 2.0, but he set up the Joker attack to make it look like you know him and as he's a misdirect, yeah, exactly. And and actually, yeah, Barbara Sr., they called her at one point. She does come to and say it, it was him, it was James. One thing that's great here is we have this character who is basically devoid of feelings. But here we see this ego, he's ranting and raving on the phone and telling his dad all the things that he's done and, ah, my master plan, right? And and then says some edgelord joker shit, like you would say, about, now it's time to finish the job and kill my sister and turns around and she's fucking gone. We continue the Dark Knight Returns carnage where he gets stabbed in the eye Yeah, when he tries to catch her. And Dick shows up saying that, oh, yeah, when I met him earlier, I put this tracker on his skin when we shook hands and I couldn't get the fucking thing to work, but I just found him.
0: <laughs> yeah, now just started working moments
1: ago. Yeah, the Mike Myers has now gotten up, even though he's been stabbed in the eyeball. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> having no empathy also means you
0: just, you know, feel pain and you're, you can. Get him from that brutal shock. Exactly. It also
2: really worked out well that he was even headed in the right direction that he should have been, and then the signal came in, and then he was able to <laughs> arrive right on time, because what if he was going in the wrong direction?
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, it's just two blocks this way.
3: Perfect.
2: I was hanging out.
1: I like the epilogue quite a bit. It's the very end where Dick did some research. It was sort of inconclusive. Either he hadn't contaminated the baby formula, or he had done it at an earlier time.
0: It was likely that he didn't, but they could never know.
1: Yeah. And, and they do uh-huh. this nice little, like, close up of a baby in a stroller passing by outside on the sidewalk. And you
0: look in their eyes and you can see that, you know, there's
1: something. Dun, dun, You're dun, so, you know.
2: <laughs> but that's just how babies look. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that the timeline doesn't add up because if you look at when he wanted his. His dad to look out for him, so he could get this internship or whatever with Leslie Tompkins. We don't get the impression that this is a very long time ago, and so I don't, I don't think that he could have realistically pulled that off because that's what gave him the access. I feel like it was sort of just another way of fucking with them.
0: Yeah, mm. and I, I can also see it being used as just a seed for another story. Yeah, sometime yeah. later if they want to bring it back in some way
1: that's like 20, 15 20 years, years later all these yeah. children are fucked up yeah
0: <laughs> i bet this is just like some some
2: memo on some guy's like cell phone calendar now like 15 <laughs> years from now they can be like oh shit i have to write this storyline mm, city Ladies. of joker
0: uh, children of joker okay
2: yeah, that's great stuff. yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah
1: <laughs> james jr jr <laughs>
2: You know, everybody's got like uh, these are my penguin thugs, and these are my Joker thugs, and that just dude has like a bunch of
0: like babies fighting this battle. <laughs> uh,
1: so, what do you guys got for Easter eggs?
0: And there were a bunch. There was Kane Square. They're going to meet somebody in Kane Square, do something came The only one that really stood out to me was among all the other year one references, the beginning or like one of these issues has. Dick swinging above the city, talking about now he understands why Bruce never flew above it. Yeah, uh-huh. only on the ground can you really appreciate that it's always changing, and you have to be in it to at least be aware of that. Yeah, it's just a direct callback to Bruce realizing that as he's flying over the city. And you're one going like, oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have flown above it. It's not going to work. I have to be in it.
1: Uh-huh. While Gordon's on the train, and I, I didn't yeah, catch yeah. that. I, I liked that in the moment, but I, I actually didn't make that connection.
2: Good job. I like that. Oh,
1: thanks. That's what I'm here for, guys. Yeah. All right, so I got a few. Let me rattle these off real quick. So Gordon quotes himself from Nightfall when he unplugs the signal and turns around and is like, ah, I'm not used to you still being there when I look up. Oh, I like that part. Harbor House being connected to the Court of Owls, we mentioned that. The dealer's plane, as it's shedding cargo, You can see Firefly and Riddler costumes flying out of those crates.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Barbara mentions that she has nightmares about answering a knock at the door. The last one that we haven't mentioned is Tim Drake's Robin costume has this weird, like, space ghost uh, (laughs) Uh. hood thing. Yeah, I've never liked Red Robin. I don't like the character design. I get that they're trying to let them all still be
0: relevant, but even Nightwing, I think, is not that. I mean, it's the modern version of Nightwing, not the first version with the tassels and the gold trim. That's a pretty cool costume and a neat character, but I do think Red Hood is the only one that even approaches being as neat as Batman in terms of the character design, and Red Robin is, like, the bottom
1: of the list. That's such a terrible costume. I think they had to do that when Damien came around. And Tim just sort of got the shit into the stick on that, but yeah, it looks stupid.
2: It's something a bad costume. To differentiate. I can't remember. I'll have to look through because I have this old set of DC trading cards from the 90s. And I can't remember who this character is, but it looks like a golden age DC character costumes to me. And I'll have to go back and look through because there's something that it's like really making me, it reminds me very much of that. But it looks like some classic DC hero shit. Well, there's
0: somebody in Kingdom Come, like, when in all the panels of Kingdom Come, where they're all doing, like, portrait, uh, where they're all standing side by side. There yeah. is. I don't know if it's supposed to be adult Tim Drake or somebody else, but there's somebody who looks just like that.
2: Yeah, it's like Moon Knight if the character was, like, black and yellow and red or something. Yeah. Sam, you got it?
1: Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's gotta be Red Robin, because it's a black hood, he's got the bird crest.
0: Yeah. Oh. Did red Robin like exist back then? Kingdom Come is the mid-90s or...
1: Let me check the publishing date. I think it's late 90s.
0: How long did
2: it take Alex Ross to do Kingdom Come? 96.
1: He's, he was working
0: on it his whole life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Seriously. Yeah, I started with was nine.
1: 96, yeah. He and Paul Dini did a, a team up that I really want to read. What's the story? I think it's like they did a bunch of shorts because, you know, Dini does that so they have like a collection of different shorts they did together or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't remember exactly.
0: It took 20 years to paint all of them. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Pros. Well, the art, like I said, specifically Frank Frank's art. I get why they didn't, because it's multiple series intertwined, but I wish it all looked like that. I think that would, that would tie it all together even more. Yeah.
2: I think it's just how I feel, like, the last couple weeks or something, but I felt, like, a a real indifference to this stuff. I I felt, like, pretty flatlined with all this stuff. So, that is to say that, generally, I liked that guy's art more than I liked jocks. And normally, the contrast would upset me, but for some reason, in reading this, it did not. Again, I think that that's just, like, where my head's at for some reason.
0: So many things in reality are upsetting you that... (laughs)
1: <laughs> two different good artists
0: who don't look the same doesn't really bother you that much,
1: right now. I don't know. Well, I I, I, I think the contrast between the two is far less than some of the other switching of artists that we've seen. I th- I think they're they're complementary enough that it it doesn't really distract.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's yeah. not a Q-Bert to Gary Frank yeah. shift where it's like hyper realistic, yeah. hyper stylized, and then back and forth.
1: Exactly. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I did really again
2: like the kind of like year one, these detective narrations and these detective elements in this real like hometown cop story. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, for me, it's all about the writing on this one. Just the general tone and type of story being told, kind of like what you're saying about the narration and the, and the detective elements of it. I like the close-knit family element of it. It's a small story with real stakes, much like we commended jeff johns for on three jokers it's so clearly tied to all these stories that it it, it just feels real and you're invested in it even though they have big differences like bruce is never even on screen you know so like it's i feel like that's a real accomplishment hats off to snyder on this um great early story
2: also i think that it's really cool seeing dick as batman in this Because the only other time that I feel like I've seen that is in Nightfall. But that wacky Frenchman trying to be Batman is so much of a worse version because he's not even trying to do what Batman normally does. He's really trying to, like, he's trying to just screw the whole thing up. You know, he's like, Batman is doing it wrong because Batman should be violent, whereas Dick is actually trying to do what Batman normally does. It's just... Live up
0: to the reputation that he's built. Yeah,
2: like... Yeah, he is trying to be that dude while being himself at the same time, and I think it's a really cool version of it. I like I like him as Batman. What's that like?
0: So, so that's this whole series is that, and I actually haven't read this yet, but the whole new Batman and Robin stuff that comes kind of just before this yeah, is all Dick Grayson as Batman with Damien as Robin.
1: Interesting. That's, that's Grant, cool. Grant Morrison?
0: Yeah, it's a whole run. It's at least like two or three trades, I think. Hmm. Frank Quitley has cool art, too i don't know if it's any good i'll
1: let you know yeah please do i i had like two or three hardcovers from his um like rip era and i really fucking didn't like it (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. it's like to the extent that it was one of the series that i started getting into like um you know i picked up long halloween and year one and then i felt like i was really getting into it and then i read one of those I'm like oh, I was okay and I read the next one I was like this is just batshit fucking weird like I, I'm out and, and I, I stopped until they rebooted shit
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I didn't like I it didn't read to, I think I think I think my turn <laughs> go
2: ahead <laughs> I didn't like it to the extent that when there was the TP shortage at the beginning of COVID that that's the first book that I gave up
0: to
1: let <laughs> my, my butt <buddy> this <laughs>
0: yeah how did these glossy pages feel in your butthole
1: <laughs> Somebody's not gonna like that. They're like, like it's a, almost over. I'm turning it off.
2: Like a shower squeegee, but a uh, but oh, butt, a but butt, and poop. You know, it's not, not really what you would
0: do.
1: Cons, what do you have for cons?
0: It doesn't feel like Batman. Even though, I mean, it does feel like Batman. They, they do it right. I just prefer a story about Bruce Wayne and Batman. Even though this story is super dark and grotesque and grim, it doesn't feel as dark. It's like Long Halloween or any of that other stuff that's nowhere near as extreme. Just because Dick Grayson is a lighter character,
1: hmm. I guess I feel like it's more of a Gordon story. There's good Batman stuff in it, but that's not really the draw for me. You know, as I'm going through it,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know. It again, it didn't super register with me. I know that James is an ordinary guy who is a real villain but I guess I'm just so used to my villains being real villains that him with his like long parted hair and his glasses just seemed kind of silly to me.
0: I know Barbara Gordon is Batgirl, and we've already seen that Bruce Wayne in a wheelchair can take out like a group of armed terrorists. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know why Barbara Gordon wouldn't be able to also kick the shit out of him, even if he's got like crazy serial killer uh, well, dead nerves or something.
1: Again, she stabs him in the <laughs> face.
0: Yeah, but even before that, I mean, she's like, she's
1: still girl. If anything, my question there is, Gordon finds her bloody wheelchair when she's been captured, right? And then they cut back to her. She has a wheelchair, so I don't... (laughs) (laughs) He brought another one and and put pig's blood on it. Yeah, that that I didn't get, but it's a small thing. Uh, my cons, and actually to expand on what Evan said, I feel the opposite about him as a villain. I think part of it is just because I like, you know, these type of of movies and stuff, like thinking of David Fincher and shit like that. But
0: so that's we're just gonna add another red flag to my feelings about you. But go ahead.
1: That's fine. But also, I just finished. Reading, Do you um, listen to Slipknot? Is that
2: your main <laughs> band? I'm really drawn to movies like Reservoir Dogs.
1: And <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> oh, God. The, yeah, yeah, I especially like that one scene with the ear. Um, yeah. No, but uh, I just recently read this book about Columbine, and it talks a lot with the FBI and the—, and the clinical psychologists who were analyzing all this evidence, these years of notebooks, journals, videos that these killers left behind. And I also, since then, have read another book about this guy who was raised as a white supremacist and got out of it. And they both talk a lot about psychology of really fucked up people and so i think coming right in the context of of learning a bit about that stuff this was really right up my alley and um i found him more real yeah i found him very real and very threatening and and almost i would prefer that to a theatrical villain someone who again where the stakes are real and and there's just this insidious mystery about what he's telling you and what's real you know
2: i think maybe part of my gripe would just be that it would take a really talented artist to be able to convey things like thought or emotion in the eyes or something like how can i show that this totally ordinary looking dude is how can i also visually imply that something is wrong with this guy
0: Everybody looks kind of ordinary.
2: His yeah, and, art and, style. yeah, and so with this guy's art style, I'm just not really getting any of that. He looks like a background character to me. Not that he has to have a fancy costume or anything like that, but yeah. I, I neither get twisted nor twisted or anything like that. I know that part of this whole thing is just being devoid, but yeah, he just doesn't really look like anything to me. And I and I think that somebody with a little more expression could do it a little more justice. Where you're like, I'm seeing some creepiness. On the inside, in this guy's eyes, I think it's more the guy.
0: writing that conveys that. Where something sure. like Gary Frank, yeah, could totally convey like a disturbed person just by their eyes. Yeah, his style lends itself to that. Yes,
2: exactly. Like Frank, Frank could do it. Otherwise, it's just one of those things where you tell me that this is a disturbed character, and I just accept it. You're not hitting me with the one-two. Words and the visual. You just give me the words, and I just believe it because I'm just supposed to believe it.
1: But I think what's great about it is the extra realism in that there's not a tell with a lot of these people. You know, you could, as an actor, portray a certain look in the eyes or whatever. But so much of this, as you mentioned, is sort of devoid of emotion and being very subdued and just very plain. And uh-huh. not a lot going on. And so you're thinking well, like, that, is this person just very slow? Is this person, you know... It's not funny. Yeah, just have like a very dry... Like, is he introverted? Is he autistic? You know, th- there could be so many things where you're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because nothing seems wrong. That's why everyone's uh-huh. giving him a chance is because, well, nothing really seems wrong. He just talks a little weird. And so the, the strange thing is in his dialogue it's not in his presentation he's supposed to be the ordinary guy and that's why it's fucked up you know
0: yeah well this is beyond the scope of what we're talking about but still it is that kind of like you're talking about like the columbine shooters and stuff like that like to me it's almost more upsetting or distressing to think about like the number of the number of people who are like that and will never do something like that and never have done something like that but it's like it's a spectrum thing. Yeah. Where, like, they have the same kind of, like, being disturbed or messed up in some way or something. And it's not like it's not like those kids were just some kind of special weirdo. It's like that is a thing that people can do given yeah. a certain set of circumstances. Like, that's upsetting. Yeah. But yeah. the story doesn't really talk anything about that kind of stuff. It's just like he was bad.
1: Well, yeah, it's just a very small, you know, personification of that, you know, and I like that. My con... Basically, the only thing is that I think, again, that the Black Mirror issues are the least relevant. If they just streamlined this story a little bit, I'd probably give it a five.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. If it was just just that story,
1: it's very good, but it's like you know Tiger Shark and everything else. It's just like they needed some Batman shit to do.
0: Uh I do think some of that's on us because that's like the same problem I had with Nightfall. It's like condensing all these issues. The book we read is serving the purpose of sharing that story with us, but also being a collected yeah. chunk of all these different stories. We're like, we could have just read those. We could have had a way to just read that story. Yeah. So I don't think that's the fault of the story, but it is, it's part of the review of this book, but that's not the fault of this story.
1: Yeah, for sure. If anything, it's a publishing decision to... Again, I think if they had just sold me the skeleton cases, I would have a different review than... Of the Black Mirror, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, me too. Trifecta, Detective, we already talked about a few things, like the flash burn from the ether. We talked about the Zodiac parallel with Peter Pan killings not happening while Roy is locked up. We talked about Dick tracing the elements from the whale to a specific pipeline. Um, Having
0: his Kaiser Sose moment of repeating what James has said to then realize that... uh, (laughs) branch has actually played him the whole time
1: yes uh, yes uh what, what? to
0: spoil usual suspects for anyone.
1: <laughs> what else do we have here any other? only
0: one was the one evan mentioned at the very beginning or you one, one of you guys i get you confused <laughs> but that uh, in the in the crooked cops apartment like recognizing all their gear and all their weapons and all that stuff that was a, an extremely detective kind of moment
1: yeah yeah that was cool ninja
0: Fighting an orca. Yes, yeah, so wrestling <laughs> wrestling
1: that whale. We uh, don't see a ton of like crazy ass kicking sequences, but we see him pull off some Houdini escapes. You know, he escapes the gas filled auction, he escapes the car compactor, he escapes the killer whale tank, and the exploding sunken chip that's happening all at once. Yeah. So I mean we do see him as a resourceful, if not graceful, acrobat. But, you know, aside from, like, when he takes down the the two crooked cops in their apartment, you know, there's very little, like, swoop in and save the day kind of shit, you know?
0: Yeah, no set pieces like that.
2: Yeah, you're literally getting a lot of his acrobatic stuff. Though him smushing that dude's robot legs are a pretty Batman thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, like, pretty Bruce of him. That's true. Uh, one picture that I liked, I think that it's him leaving barbara's tower one time and it's it's a picture by jock he's descending towards us and he has this cool thing where it's i feel like it's the first time i've seen it usually batman is like i'm slowing up and i hold my cape out to look like a super bat and and i'm slowing my descent but he's like he's on like a bullet train and it's cool because he's got his arms behind him and he's holding his cape to his body. Like he's trying to go faster. And I feel like that's the first time that I've ever seen that portrait. Mm. Also, I like all his tie-ins with his backstory and talking about that guy who explained that you have to see it from before you make the Yeah, Like talking about this, talking about the city and talking about the pins on the map. And this is what you do in the different places. and, And this is why we do what we do in Gotham. But then specifically about that high dive guy and, um, I just like all the lessons that he's, he's taking from his childhood and transferring to the present and all about the decision-making and all about the adaptation and not having a rope and whatever. I, I liked all of that.
1: We know what you mentioned about the pins on the map and how Gotham is different. The way that book ends this story, it's the same thing Snyder did with Court of Owls. We have that speech about Gotham is, and it begins and ends... That series, uh, I didn't put uh-huh. that together before, but that's the same technique. Bring it back around.
2: I liked a lot of Dick's inner monologue. It really drove it home that he isn't the Batman that we're familiar with. But I also yeah. liked his it's more like perspective. reading
0: Spider Man. To- yeah, his like personality is more like Spider Man for sure.
1: I know that's kind of a weird one, but the last part of the trifecta is Bruce's trauma. Um, do we have a? Dick's trauma.
0: Batman's Batman's trauma.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: He feels like he's anything that was traumatic to him. He is healthy and he's processing it in a healthy way. Like he learned the right things from a bad scenario. So he went through some bad stuff as a kid. And yet here he is processing it well as an adult and
0: learning all of the right lessons from that bad stuff. He's not obsessed and consumed like Bruce is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm good with that. I didn't have anything written down for that category. Final rating? What would you say?
2: Three, like three and a half, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think any of that's fair. I, I lean towards four just because uh, the meat of it is is right up my alley. Um, even yeah. though there's there's definitely some um, reasonable critiques. It's not you know like a absolute must read. This is amazing, but I very much enjoyed it. I just felt it was a little convoluted a little too long I think after you had recommended reading like Court of Owls mm-hmm. I hadn't read Batman in a while so that was my first jump in and then this was like a story I read not
0: long after that and getting back into it yeah but I think I'm with you and that if it was just the Skeleton Key story if it was just the Frank Frank art yeah it was just that condensed thing it would be a five but reviewing this whole product it's a three
1: yeah I'm it's fine good. with that
0: I enjoyed reading it but it wasn't like it didn't change the way I look at Batman or didn't change the way I feel about other things. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is
2: Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warman.
1: All right, guys, that is our show. Thank you once again for subscribing, for liking, for spreading the word about the show. We're back now for season two. Again, we got dozens of episodes from last year. If you need to dig back and you're new to us, We appreciate every one of you. As promised, we are going into the Snyderverse. Not Scott Snyder, but Zack Snyder. And starting that with BVS, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, all right? So the next episode is a nice and long one. We're going to go deep on BVS, Even Man of Steel, talk a little bit about Justice League as we prepare for the Snyder Cut, okay? So stay tuned next Friday for Batman v. Superman.